You're listening to a Platforms podcast, your source for cutting-edge relevant Torah. Enjoy. Thank you guys so much for having me. Again, it's always a, a huge pleasure for me to come. Uh, I really take it as a, as a great honor. I don't take it lightly. Um, you know, I love sharing with you guys, and it gives me personally, like I've said, selfishly an opportunity to kind of push myself more, to investigating a little bit deeper in topics that I otherwise might have just glossed over. Um, so it's always a pleasure to share with you guys. And now that podcast has come to its, you know, second new and improved revamped version with a mic going on over here. I heard the soundtracks at the beginning and at the end of the podcast. And then, wow, that's good stuff. So I'm excited to be on. So my goal for tonight is not to be mechadish, anything revolutionary or anything of that sort. Is It's just basically sort of a call to attention on these Asari Mechuva, uh, what maybe they're about, and hopefully through that, a call to action. For myself, obviously, more than included. It's interesting, you know, like being in these Asari Mechuva because, you know, the fact of what they are and how they're set up is kind of clouded by by how we, we treat them. Thank you so much. And how we're used to treating them is, you know, you look at the sitter and it's, you know, well past Rosh Hashanah at this point, And we're still saying, you know, the Ksiva for Chaim. We keep on talking about this Ksiva. Yom Kippur is coming up. And you're going to wish everybody next to you a Gemar Chasima Tova. And it kind of clouds the fact that that idea of Din still being open is what the Gemara only invokes. For Benonim, you know, tolling lo ad yom just applies for Benonim. Kind of forget that, right? Like that we're still talking about Ksiva and Chasima, eventually on Yom Kippur, you know, and it really just applies to a subset of the three categories of Din. Um, so I, I just want to explore a little bit of what that might mean and what these 10 days, you know, might mean for us personally. So, of course... What better place to start than the Rambam? I mean, it's amazing, especially when you go through some of the Gemaras in Rosh Hashanah and, and Yuma. You go through these Gemaras and you see that, I mean, all of these concepts of Din are so scattered all over the place. And he really just compiles them all together and consolidates them into one unified approach, which sometimes is a little bit difficult to see, you know? It's definitely not straightforward, especially Hechel is. I mean, I've been breaking my head. It's really, really difficult. But sometimes there's okay to see a little a little piece of his of his overall model and it's really an amazing thing what he does so anyway let's begin so kol echad ve'echad so we're starting on hilchos um teshuva perigimel the first halachos so kol echad ve'echad mimnei adam yishlo zechuyos v'amonos mishe zechuyos of yeseros alavonos of tzadik umishe avonos of yeseros al zechuyos of rasha mechetze lemechetze beinuni so we start off with this idea that we're basically clustered into one of three categories. You know, Kodesh Baruch Hu invokes a sort of sorting algorithm, and we're each placed in one of three categories. You know, if you have Rov Zechuyos, you're a Tzadik. If you have Rov Avonos, you're a Russia. Mechetzel, Mechetzel, you're a Beinuni. And it operates not just on the scale of an individual human being, but Vechina Medina, Im Hayu Zechuyos, Kuli Shveh, Merubos, Alavonosehen, Harizut Tzadekes, this same 
uh, measurement process, the same sorting process happens not just on the skill of the individual human being, but on the skill of the state and on the skill of the whole world. So, Adam she'avonosov, meruvin al zechuyosov, miyod humeis birisho, shenemar al rov avonech. A human being who has more avonos than zechuyos, so what we previously called Russia, instantaneously drops dead in his risho, in his evil. That's a pretty crazy statement to make. And he quotes from the Pasuk, on the majority of your avonos, and so too on the scale of the state, so too on the scale of the state, and also on the skill of the world. Brings back to Maisa Bereshis and the Mabu. So this is a crazy statement for him to make, to say, And of course, this has, you know, all of the Mepharshim really going wild. And it's not just him, right? It's sourced from the Gemara itself, which brings this idea of being Nechtam lechaim lealter for tzadikim gemurin, and or being nechtam lemisa lealter for rishayim gemurin. The question is, you know, we really don't see anybody dropping dead around us, right? I mean, if, if this was true, so you know, there are many, many different approaches. Some people say, you know, you have incomplete information. Who's to say, you know, who's a Russia, who's a tzadik? Nah, okay, that's one approach. Has some difficulties. I mean, I think I can say with some certainty. Certain people are definitely Rashan Gemuri, right? Hitler, Machmo, right? I think certain people we can agree on that I wouldn't be Danlikav's chus, you know? And so too, I mean, and you have extremes on the presentation of approaches. You have, for example, the Ramban that says, really, this entire din is just absolutely Bedafka operating on Olam Hazeh. So sometimes you have Rashaim. That I have some zechuyos, and so Kodesh Baruch Hu operates with din, so he has to pay those zechuyos back. And so, in this world, he's gonna have a great world, a great life in this world, right? He's gonna have all the riches in the world. He's gonna have his Lamborghinis, his pools, his mansions, unbelievable. And you have the opposite for tzaddik. So too, sometimes we gotta cleanse ourselves a little bit, and so a Kodesh Baruch Hu will deliver whatever cleansing operations are necessary. For the Tariq in this world, and so from the observer's perspective, it seems like things aren't going so well for him. But that's to give him Chaim Le'olam Haba, right? So the Ramban actually goes as far as saying that when you say Tariq and Rasha for the din of Rosh Hashanah, it actually is only on Olam Hazes. So you would actually call, in the examples I just gave, you would actually call the Rasha Tariq because Be'olam Hazes, he looks like a Tariq because of all of the Chaim that he's getting in this world, and you would call it Tzadik Russia, right? That's the Ramban's approach. He goes on this, you know, extreme of the approach to say it's absolutely everything's Olam Hazeh. And then you have the Tosfos that says the exact opposite. He says everything is absolutely Olam Haba. That's the din that we're talking about. Of course, we're talking about Lechai Olam Haba. That's, that's the approach that's probably more well-known. But also you have issues that present themselves there, right? As we'll explore a little bit later. So anyway, this is just a statement that raises massive questions. So let's continue. So this shikul that happens 
it's very important to know that it's not according to the count of Zechuyos and Avonos of Zechuyos and Avonos, rather according to their greatness. It's not quantity, it's quality. There is certain zechus that is keneged kam avonos. And the opposite is also true. And of course, this measurement cannot happen except in the mind of God. And he knows, only he knows how to set up this measurement process. So, off the bat, there are two massive chidushin in this paragraph. Chidush number one is this idea that the shikul that's happening, the din that he later is going to bring as the din that we use on Rosh Hashanah, is not measured objectively. How do I know that? Because he says, Zechuyos keneged avonos. There are some Zechus that is connected kama avonos, and there is some avon that is connected kama zechuyos, and only Kodesh Baruch Hu knows how to measure those two against each other. So you grab the zechuyos of a human being, you measure it against his avonos, and that's the din. I mean, which is just a massive chiddush to say that. I mean, we don't. I don't think we appreciate what a chiddush it is to say that. Because I mean, and I, and I like giving this little example, but I mean, picture you have two people, person A has this crazy genetic predisposition to being just a lunatic, a raging maniac. He has a serious temper problem, you know? Every time his wife just contradicts him in the tiniest bit, he starts throwing plates left and right, shattering them all over his house. You know, he just goes nuts. He loses his mind every single time. And he can't, he can't help himself. Poor guy, you know? He was born like this. And on the opposite extreme... You have person B who is chill as a cucumber, you know, nothing phases him, anything that comes his way, you know, it's all the same, nothing takes him off his track, he's just great, just great. Now imagine you have person A one time in the year, you know, his wife upset him, and instead of throwing 14 plates, shattering them against the wall... He only shattered one cup. You know, he grabbed that cup, he just shattered it, and that's it. With all the willpower in the world that he mustered up, he was able to stop himself there. And you have this other guy who had this, you know, massive, just, you know, reckless dude, cut him off in the middle of the road, almost killed him. And, you know, he just grunts, this guy. He, he grunted, you know. And maybe person A... If you measure his zechus according to his avonos, that means more than person B when you measure his avon against his zechus. Why? Because his zechuyos of person B don't mean as much. And the zechus of person A means a lot because you're measuring it within the context of this human being or that human being. So it's a massive chiddush to say that the measuring stick is you. So all these cliches, you know, you can never judge another person. You never know how they are. They're actually technically, halachically true. And that's how he ends, right? We don't know. Nobody can do this judgment process of measuring Zechuyos Kinegadavonos except Bedaito Shel Keldeos. 
Nobody else can do that. How would you know how to measure it against each other? How would you know how much each, each action means? And that brings to the second chiddush, which is lo lefi minyan. It's not according to the count of actions. It's according to el lefi gadlan. It's according to the quality. He introduces this new dimension in the measurement process, which is that actions have a quality to them. So like we just invoked in the examples we just brought, right? The fact that an action can mean more than another action is his chiddush. So for person A, you know, his action of holding himself back can mean more than the other dude's action of being chill as a cucumber for the whole year and grunting, you know? Even though objectively speaking, if you were to measure these objectively, obviously they're different. And, you know, obviously person B outruns person A by miles, you know? Of course, so these two chidushim are simple, straightforward. Even if you think about them, they're pretty intuitive, right? Like, if you think about how else would it be if it, we're talking about a real din? I mean, it's obvious, but it's just an amazing chidush that sometimes we overlook. So number one, you are the measuring stick. And number two, there's a sort of fiber to actions. There's a sort of fabric that actions are built of that actually matter a lot. And, you know, that, that muscle of fabric the Ramchal uses when he when he reads the Gemara of Yepashvish Pashvish that a person should do Pishpush Pemasav, he says Pishpush Pemasav, you know, he, he, dif- he's, he differentiates between Shimush, Shimshush Pemaisa and Pishpush. He says Shimshush is the actual categorization of are my actions good or bad? Pishpush, right, it sounds like, pish, you know, it's tongue twister. Pishpush, you actually look at the good actions and you don't sort them as good or bad. You actually have to examine the fabric of those good actions. You know, and he use, literally uses that muscle of as if you were expecting, you know, your, your cloth, your clothes. You know, what fibers make up the thread that make up this, this, uh, the shirt? You know, you inspect it like that. So this other aspect, which is this dimension of how much an action means, what is it built of? So, and this leads directly to the next halacha, which seems to be kind of a non sequitur here, which is Kol al anybody that regrets the mitzvos that he did, Vesoho al Omar and he says in his heart, Umahualti Basioson, what benefit did I derive from doing them? If only I would have saved myself all that time, man. I've been doing other stuff. If only I wouldn't have done wasted my time with that junk. He loses all of them. Like the Pasuk says, and the tzitkus of a tzadik, the righteousness of a tzadik, will not save him on the day of his risho. On the day of his rishus, it will not save him. So the Gemara, and this he quotes directly from the Gemara with some word changes. The Gemara says, what do you mean? Poor guy, this guy, you know? Let him be. How should he be? So the first part of his life, he did mitzvos ad blidai. And this is the second part of his life. Okay, now he doesn't want to do mitzvos anymore. Okay, so it should be half-half. You know? Nope. And the Gemara goes out of its way to say, no, einze ela betohe ala rishonos. It only really applies when somebody is tohe ala rishonos. The Ramban brings this Gemara betohe ala rishonos in his perush on the Chumash in Maise Bereshis. To explain the word tohu. Tohe ala rishonos is tohu. 
same word. So in that perush, he de- he defines tohu and vohu. We just define them both as chaos, you know, it's chaos. But he says they mean different things. Tohu means, you know, and he draws kind of from Greek metaphysics, which they had this idea of form and matter. So matter is just this, you know, pure potential, the the the, the material that ends up making the stuff, but without form, is just kind of this clump of potential. Which once it's arranged, once it takes on its particular form, it's actualized. Kind of. The physics terms that we use today don't directly map onto them. Kind of. Although there is an aspect of potential, but our concept, like the Greek concept of potential extends beyond just motion, which is the potential that you're talking about. Um, anyway, there, there's much more to say about that. But anyway, so, so tohu is the potential of things, and that goes well with our idea of chaos. Chaos is just the pure substrate with all the options that it could turn into. It's kind of our idea of chaos, right? This kind of like unorganized clump of bare-bone material. And then vohu is the actual form. So together, the coupling, the marriage between form and matter makes the Greek concept of substance. And there you have a brief one-on-one on Greek metaphysics. So tohu and vohu. So the amazing chiddush here is eno ela betohe al harishonos means that right now, by looking back on your actions in that way, the action that you're doing right now, that action of looking back, is actually changing the quality of those actions. You're actually changing it backwards. You know, it's funny because we say, Ein mazkirin lo shumrisho. That concept of zikaron is directly drawn from Rosh Hashanah, which is Yom HaZikaron, where all we're doing is looking back. Right, we're looking back. Zikaron is memory, and it's interesting an interesting analog that probably, you know, Teshuvah has this weird property and this is just kind of a side point, but Teshuva has this weird property that the Ramchal says that is, in a sense, a violation of Midas Hadin, even though it's really not. But in a sense, it appears to be. Because how could you wipe away something that already was? If it exists, it exists. You know, it's stored irre- irre- irrevocably, it seems, in the past. How could you change something that was? It's a part of the way things are. How could you change that? That's a violation. Midas Hadin is, you know, things are just... As they are. By the way, I just realized this here. Just is justice. Right? Just is literally dafka. And you have them all like Spanish. You have them in French. Just, which is justice, is dafka. Dafka this. Just. Midas Adin is dafka. It's not more. It's not less. It's dafka this. Right? So, anyway, it's, it's, it's just a crazy thing to say for the process of looking back on actions. To say that there's something that you can do to transform the past. There's kind of this retroactive causality, this backwards causality that is happening. Usually we think of cause and effect as, you know, your co- your your the causes, the things that you're doing now have effects in the future. And this is the opposite. The causes that you're doing in the future have effects on the past. I mean, right, it's just a violation of any notion of dafka, <laughs> of, of midas adin and just how things naturally are, right? It's, it's, so it's this amazing chesed. That a Kodesh uh, Baruch gives to us. And the, the analog of where we see this in our own lives, I think, one of the most straightforward analogs that we see that is in the concept of memory itself. 
memory is probably the most immediate sense that we have of backwards causality where literally i mean this happens biologically i mean through a process called memory reconsolidation but looking back on the way that you look back on the memory changes the memory itself changes how you store the memory so and this is i mean there's been a ton of research done on the fragility of memories especially when they happen at the beginning before they've consolidated that's the term and where if you ask person to if you ask a person to be in to be an eyewitness to certain case you know you were just here can you recognize this though their memories will actually be formed by the information that you're suggesting to them that's why eyewitness accounts have become really increasingly unreliable because memories in their initial states are very very fragile and you actually have this property that you change them backwards in time now it's not actually backwards in time right but memory is the sense of the past that we carry with us so it's a cute analog it's a cute analogy of that concept that we have with Teshuvah and Yom HaZikaron itself in the day of our own memory. So anyway, all that to say that in this case, it's the exact inverse of that. It's the opposite, where you're looking back and you're regretting it. So you're also having backwards causality. You're also invoking Yom HaZikaron in the sense, the Zikaron, that property of Zikaron, of memory, for the bad, right? So Eino Elabeto Elarishonos are actually uprooting the form that those actions had, and you're making them something. You're hiring the entropy. You know, Toho is a high entropy state, disorganized. It wasn't what it was. You just removed the form. So let me, real quick. Yeah. Toho is the, the, the building block itself, just completely unorganized. And Bohu is, what again? The form. The form. When it, when it is formed together? So the combination of those two things is called um, substance. But a form, think about form as the extra, like, just to put simple terms, like, the form, this wallet is made up of certain materials, leather, this little plastic piece, and other forms like that, right? But it also has specific shape, it also has specific color, it also has specific, like, size, dimensions, right? Those properties are the form, the things that make it actual, the, the pure raw material, which is the matter, is the potential. Right, so you don't really have you only encounter things in that combination. But if you're gonna speak abstractly, you can kind of divorce both of those things. So when we say Tohu is chaos, right? It's not really According to the Ramban, no. According to Ramban, no. Tohu is chaos. Tohu is pure potential. Vohu is form. Now even if you think about it in, in any process, there is the process by which form inhabits potential actuality and, and anything anytime you change something that's what's happening right that's the greek concept of change sorry for getting a little technical with this but with this will and that train of thought but you know this has so to speak the potential to be in a different position and i'm constantly what change is doing is shifting something that wasn't which is this bottle here into something that is and something that was into something that was only potential now that i can restore anyway that's the concept. So anyway, so we see through this that it's a it's not a non sequitur to say that it followed from what we just said because it comes, you know, I mean, what an amazing example of the concept of the quality of actions, how actions have such quality and they're measured against your and have this property of relativity, so to speak, um, that you can even change your entire past in one real act of regret and looking back. So, 
Now we get to this next piece, which is Ucheshem Sheshoklin Zechuyos Adam Vavonosov Beshas Misoso Kach Bechol Shana Veshana Shoklin Avonos Kulechod Vechod Nibaya Olam Im Zechuyosov. Just like every single, just like every single human being at the time of his death, we goes through this process of shikul, where his zechuyos are measured with his avonos. Kach so too. So to every single year, we do this measuring process. We do this shikul on Rosh Hashanah to every single human being, Jews, non-Jews, everybody gets this process. So it's interesting, again, this is another one of the Rambam's chidushim, where he draws, the Gemara does not make this analogy like this. It brings two different types of din. One from of Kuspedai in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, which is the din of Rosh Hashanah, Shlosha, Sefarim Yitzchak and Rosh Hashanah, one of the Digging Murim, one of Rosh And then Beis Shammai brings the idea that also in the time of death you have this. But he's the one that says that the Rosh Hashanah Shikul actually draws from the one at the time of death, which is interesting because if you look a little closer at Rosh Hashanah, there's a lot of things connecting it to death, oddly enough. I mean, just to give you a little, a little a little sneak peek, but the only person that was sort of supposed to die and is faked out in the Chumash is Yitzchak. Right? He's supposed to die and he's faked out. And we read that on Rosh Hashanah. There's deep connection. You're not, you know, he's, he's conceived on Rosh Hashanah. Anyway, a lot of deep connections to that. So he draws the concept of Rosh Hashanah from the concept of Misa, just like the Shikul that happens on Misa. It happens also every single year on Rosh Hashanah. So Misha names Tzadik Nechtom Lechaim. Anybody who's found to be a tzaddik is nechtam lechaim. When Mishinim Sarosha nechtam lemisa, vehabeinuni tolin oso ad yom hakipurin, and the beinuni hangs in this kind of superposition until yom hakipurin. Im also teshuva nechtam lechaim. If he does teshuva, he's sealed for life. Im lav nechtam lemisa. If not, he's sealed for death. Interesting. I mean, of course. Now we'll invoke back the the Tosfos's approach. Which, by the way, we should probably read. I quoted it here. So, let's see the Tosus approach on the Gemara. It's on the back of the sheet we're just reading from. So, first, the, the Gemara itself. Omar Rabbi Kruz, Badai Omar Rabbi Yochanan, Shloshe Sefarim Niftachim Barosh Hashanah, Echod Shil Rishayim Gemurim, Vechod Shil Sadikim Gemurim, Vechod Shil Benunim, Tadikim Gurim Nichtaim Nichtamim Lealter Lechaim. Rishayim Gemurim Nichtamim Nichtamim Lealter Lemisa, Benunim Tluyin Veomni Rishan Vadiyom Akipurim, Zochu Nichtamim Lechaim. So, look at the Tosfos. Of course, all of the questions that we had before, what about his din on Olam Hazeh? What about people that we see clearly that are not dropping dead? How could you say, you know, according to the Ramam, he says it in even a more extreme way, but Miyad According to okay, How could you say that? So look at the Tosfos. And if you're going by the observation of Olam Hazeh, it seems like sometimes Sadikim or Nechtam Lemisa and Rishayim Gemurim Lechaim. Like the Pasuk says, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu pays back to those that hate him, to their faces, in order to wipe them out for the next world. Damrina Mesov Perikama Dikdushin, 
Like we say in Kedushin, so according to our definition, this guy is a tzaddik. Dome can appear to the observer. Can appear to the observer like this guy must have been a horrible dude. This guy probably burnt a whole Sefer Torah. Didn't even leave one letter of that Sefer Torah. That's what it appears to any observer. Right? The tzaddik appears like that to the observer based on his din and olamazeh. And the opposite. And sometimes you'll have the Russia, according to our definition, it's the exact opposite, which is it appears to the observer based on all of the riches, all of the amazing life that he's getting, he's, he's receiving in this world. It would appear that he, you know, kept the entire not even one letter did he leave out. And so, of course, he's obligated to say, we're talking about it's a really nice approach. Um, you know, the the two main questions that come up, especially taking into account the Rambam's idea that, you know, Rosh Hashanah happens every single year, and it borrows from the concept of Misa. So, number one, what would really be the purpose of remeasuring a person's state every single year if it's for Olam Haba? If for sure you're going to have a shikul before they die, right? Just like, just wait for the death, dude, you know? Like, anywhere they're going to die, right? You got to pass death before you go to Olam Haba. Can't, can't go to Olam Haba before passing death. Okay, so then that shikul for sure is going to happen. So then what would be the point? What's the significance of measuring Olam Haba every single year, right? And number two, what happens with all of the... Dinim on Olam Hazeh. I mean, Rosh Hashanah, look at the tefillos. Open up your machzor. It's clear. You know, who's going to become rich? Who's going to become impoverished? Who's going to die? And what kind of death? All these kinds of things. But this world, this year. Yeah, everything. So how, could, how do we explain that? The Gemara goes on to describe how we work with these allocation of resources. What if we do teshuva, the difference between a tzibur and a yachid, a kodim gzardin, achar gzardin, all of these distinctions. I mean, Olam has a judgment. What happens to that? So these are the two main questions on the Tosfos. Again, it's a nice approach. There are a lot of many, like many, many different approaches like we kind of hinted to in the beginning. All of them, I think, are incomplete by themselves if you just grab the skeleton, but I think there's a nice way of consolidating them. So... A second question, besides for the question on the Tosfos here, that emerges on the Benoni concept is like this. So these 10 days, for some reason, it's not enough to just judge them on Rosh Hashanah. You give them extra, an extra 10 days as if the whole year wasn't enough. Like you just got, you know, 365 years from the last one or 355 years from the Yom Kippur. So let me give you an extra 10, 10 days. What about if at the end of that, you give me an extra 10 days? Like, why don't you just go ad infinitum? Like, you know, why would that regress ever stop? And more than that, especially if he's a Benoni. What if at the end of those 10 days, he's still a Benoni? What do you do then? Do you give him extra days? You know, totally low ad, I don't know, Sokis? What's going on, man? You know, why just not continue forever? And if you're going to continue forever, obviously, it seems like there's a little bit of a problem with what we're doing, so just remove the whole thing. seems like it would be, you know, more, a little bit more consistent. It's kind of strange. 
And of course, if you're Medayik on his words, he says something even stranger because the Gemara says that Rav Chesed, that the Pasuk brings, brings speaking about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, means that any Beinonin that at the day of their death is judged as a Beinoni, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tilts them Kalfi Chesed. He tilts the scale in their favor. Because he's rough chesed. You know, if you have half-half, I'm more chesed than I am din. So half-half, if I'm more chesed, then I'm going to make the judgment more chesed. I'm going to make more din. Be medayik on the words here. Look at what he says. The Ramam takes the exact opposite. The default isn't chesed. Look what he says. So it's only if he actively goes out of his way to be more than what he was, to be osa teshuva, that he's nechtam l'chaim. If not, the default is misa. So, okay, the Ramam found some way out of the regress, out of the infinite regress of what happens if he's benoni. He doesn't allow for that. But instead of doing the default you know, for the side of Chesed, kind of, you know, lets them rob for Misa. What's going on, Rambam? Come on. All right. Now, if you want to see something strange, look at this next halacha. Now, it's going to need a little bit of concentration. We're going to have to go through this whole paragraph, and then we'll parse it. So, Afal even though the Tkiya Shofar on Rosh Hashanah is a Gezeres HaKosuv. Remez Yeshbo. There's a reference, an illusion that we can derive from it. Kelomar, as if to say that the Shofar is telling us, Uru Yeshenu Mishinaschem, Venirdomim Hakitsu Mitardem Aschem. Everybody, all you sleepers, wake up, guys. Vechapsu B'Masichem, search through your actions, Vechizur B'Sashuva. Return in Teshuva v'Zichru Borachem, and finally remember Hakadosh Baruch Hu, your Creator. Elo Hashochachim. So these people that are sleepers are the people that forget Es Haemes Behavli Hazman, that forget the truth and the futilities of time. V'Shogim Kol Shenosam, Behevel Vorik, and they mistake their their whole year in just these futilities, these things that mean absolutely nothing. Asher Lo Yoil Lo Yatzil that derive that gives them no ultimate benefit, no ultimate life. Habitul Enafshosichem, guys, come on. Look into your souls, straighten out your paths. Leave out the, the, the bad paths, come on. And the uh, thoughts that aren't good. Okay, so this is the remez. Wake up, you bunch of sleepers. It's a call to action. It's a wake up call. You know, you guys gotta wake up. That's what the shofar is alluding to. Lefichach. Therefore, because of what we just said, then a person has to see themselves the entire year as if he's Chetzio Zakai and as if he's Chetzio Chayev. And remember, this operates at different scales, so also the entire world. He destroys himself and the whole world. Also, mitzvah achas, the opposite. One good action can save the entire world. Shenemar ve tzadik yesod ulam, ze shet tzodak yichreya es kolaolam lizchus ve hitzilo. 
that's a nice concept. How the heck is that a lefichach? What? Forget about the fact that you're putting them in the same halacha. I mean, lefichach? Ding, 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 ding. Like, come on, man. Like, what? He's li- He's trying to tell you, dude, come on. You know, therefore. What do you mean, therefore? Therefore, because Rosh Hashanah is a call to the sleepers, then the entire, I extrapolate to the entire year, you know, and I have to pretend like I'm on the edge, which is a lie. Isn't it a lie? I mean, it's a useful lie, right? It, it probably, you know, has some benefit. Probably if we all live like this, there would be some, some utility that would come out of that, but it's a lie. How does that follow from what we had just said of Rosh Hashanah? How is that a lefichach? Strange. And, because of this, of the lefichach, or I guess because of the shofar, because of something that is this, I don't know what inyan is, because none of this seems to follow. Because of this, everybody does a little bit more. Tzedakah, Maisim Tovim, Mitzvot, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippurim. More so than the rest of the year. More so than the rest of the year? I thought you just said the whole year. So you go from Rosh Hashanah to extrapolating to the whole year, to extrapolating, to, to restricting it back to the 10 days? I don't, I don't understand. You know, we accustomed to wake up during the night of these days to daven a little bit better till dawn of day. Okay. Super strange. You guys agree? Mm-hmm. So I think we have three outstanding questions at this point. Question number one, how do we understand Tosfos? The two main problems with Tosfos is why the heck would I need an Olam Haba? Judgment every single year. Plus, the day of a person's death. I don't know why I would need that. Number two, where does Olam Hazeh fit into that? So that's question number one on the Tosfos, which branches off into two questions. Question number two, which is what do we do with the regress of the Benoni? If you're giving him an extra 10 days, give him more, especially if he's a Benoni at the end. The Ramam somehow solves that, but I guess he solves that by going counter to what the Gemara says that in Chetzio Chetzio, you tilt Kalfi Chesed because the Pasuk says Verav Chesed. Okay. Question number three How the heck does, and we'll partition this halacha dalit onto three pieces. Piece one, which is the whole piece on the shofar. Piece two, which starts with the Lefichach. The person has to see himself as Chetzio Chetzio. And number three, we play in Yanze. Okay. Is that clear? Any question, Any additional questions that we've raised so far that I forgot? No? It's good. Okay. If you think about it, the rem is of the shofar that the Ramam is describing is solving what problem? It's a solution to the Benoni syndrome. Why do I say that? Think about for a second what a Benoni means. 
Abenuni means, I mean, again, taking into account all of the building blocks that we set up about the measuring stick is you and the quality of action. A Benuni is somebody who doesn't mean that he doesn't do Zechulius and Avonos. He will do Zechulius and Avonos. But he doesn't basically haphazardly. Meaning he's governed by the circumstance. Sometimes for the Benuni, the circumstances come his way to his benefit. Sometimes he's inspired. Sometimes he's in a good environment. Sometimes he has people around him elbowing him to do the right thing. And he happens to perform a lot of zikhul. It's amazing. And at the same time, when the conditions aren't so well, when the environment isn't so conducive towards that kind of thing, he does the opposite, more of onos. And so he goes on waves. You know, sometimes the environment and, you know, everything outside of me drives me towards zikhulios, sometimes towards avonos. But the main aspect of a benoni is he has the property of what in stats is called regression to the mean. He continuously regresses towards the mean. Meaning, sometimes, mean means average in stats, right? So sometimes you'll find one data point that is away from the mean. You know, sometimes you'll find a zechus here. Sometimes you'll find an avon here. But in the whole, as you continue to see the script of his year run, all of that, all of those waves average out. And if you were to draw kind of the average slope, you know, slope is rise over run, you know, how much he's either increased, decreased. He has periods where if you grab snapshots, he increased, went up. Sometimes he went down. The average slope, zero. He didn't really move. He keeps on regressing towards the mean. He has this property that he regresses towards the mean. He averages out because the quality of his zechuyos match the quality of his avonos, which is what? Whatever, dude. All right. Okay. Okay, I'll do this now. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll, I'll help you out, man. Yeah. No, dude, I'm tired. I'm tired today. Same thing, right? The the quality of his zechuyos match the quality of his avonos. So if we're taking the fabric of the action into account, the quality of the choice... Right, presumably, of course, into this equation of the quality of your action comes in how much choice was exerted here, how much intent right, that includes intention, that includes, you know, the 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 vision of what you are trying to accomplish. It includes all of those things. Those are all properties, functions of choice. The choice aspect, the choice function that a Benoni executes, is the same both for Zechuyos and Avonos. He averages out. He regresses towards mean. Which means, basically, he's sleepwalking throughout the whole year. If for whatever reason he happens to do something good, some you know, he he removes himself from that mean, it's because he happened to fall into this circumstance. He's sleepwalking. He's governed he has no real self governance, no true autonomy. He averages out. He's the Bainuni. Rosh Hashanah. And the shofar, and specifically the remez of the shofar, of Rosh Hashanah, that the Rambam is talking about, is talking to whom? The sleepers. It's addressing the Benoni syndrome. Tzadikim Gemurin are not sleepers. Even Rashain Gemurin are not sleepers. 
They know very well where they're headed towards. They have a clear, focused, you know, vision in mind that they're that they're executing. So does the Tzaddik. So does the Russia. Both. The, the only one that is sleepwalking through his life is the Benoni. The Ramam is saying that the shofar is addressing one remez of the shofar is addressing the Benoni syndrome. Wake up, dude. Come on. Lefichach tsarich kol adam. Because it's talking about the Benoni, the Fichach. And look at the amazing thing. How he frames this position of being in the Benoni state is the exact remedy to the Benoni syndrome. Right? Because on Rosh Hashanah you discover that the whole year you're a sleepwalker, therefore, Realize that throughout the year, when your Chetzio Zakai and your Chetzio Chayev, or at the very least, you're looking at yourself that way, be aware that everything matters. I mean, it's the exact opposite of the Bainuni syndrome. The Bainuni syndrome is, oh, I was good yesterday, man. Or I was bad yesterday, so what does it really matter? Because he's a Benoni and he's constantly averaging out, nothing matters. The Rambam is giving, and through the, throughout the Gemara, is giving the exact remedy to that, which is, it's the exact opposite. Don't you understand? You're at the tipping point. Every single moment is the tipping point. It's the cutting edge. You're literally at that border that distinguishes you between everything and nothing. Literally, right? That, those are the options that are in front of you in every single choice that you make. It's the same setup. Both of them are Chetzu Zakai, Chetzu One of them reads it in a literally opposite manner. And of course, this brings back the insight of why we have to assume that we're all vulnerable to the Benoni syndrome. How come? Look at this crazy Gemara. Brochos, hey, it's the back of the two sided page. Oh, my Rabba. So I didn't quote the whole Gemara, but it basically says that Tzadikim or Yetzer Hatov Shoftan. And it says, Rishayim, Tzadikim Gemurin Yetzer Hatov Shoftan, Rishayim Gemurin Yetzer Hara Shoftan, Benonim Half Half. Have two judges. And it quotes a postage that clearly speaks of the judges of a person. What's ruling a person are two, or in plural. So it derives the Benoni is ruled by both the Yetzer Tov and the Yetzer Ra. And so Omar Rabbah, Kigon Anu. Benonim. He's talking to Bai and he says, oh, like, you, if you and I here are both Benonim. Bai says, are you kidding me, man? If you're a Benoni, what the hell is everybody else? If you're a Benoni, you left literally no life. You just killed everybody, man. Congratulations. You literally signed everybody's death warrant. It's crazy. Why'd you just do that? Of course, it has nothing to do, even if you're at the Mila of Rabbah you're still vulnerable to the Benoni syndrome. Why? Because remember, who is the measuring stick? You. By definition, you can never default into being a Tzadik Gomer. By definition. The moment you default, it's regression to the mean. It's averaging out. You just become a Benoni. Because the standard that was applied, which is now your default, your, your, your standard, your your... The mo your mode of operating in the world, that becomes the new standard. And the moment you default into that, you're now a Benoni. Congratulations. 
because it's zechuyos k'neged avonos of a human being. So Rava could actually say, "I am vulnerable to the Benoni syndrome." The, even though, if you were to measure anybody objectively against Rava, obviously lo shavik to anybody, you didn't leave room for anybody's life. But if it's relative, everybody is vulnerable to the Benoni syndrome. And of course, that's why you literally have to treat every single moment as the cutting edge. Every single moment is the tipping point. You're not pretending. If it's not the tipping point, it's the Benoni syndrome. You have two options. Either it's the tipping point, either you're moving away from, from that average, or you're averaging. You, you don't have another one. You can be moving away from positive or moving away from negative, but you can't average out. You know? So it, it's not a joke that we're saying. We're not pretending. Oh, No, because your standard just became recalibrated to what you achieved. And the moment your standard, you know, is now recalibrated to your, your, your operating mode, your default mode, then you have to see yourself as on the tipping point again. And every action is going to tilt you one way or the other. And if not, you're averaging out. So what we're saying, what the Ramam is bringing is the Chiddush of the Benoni syndrome. And because of that, because you have to assume that everybody's vulnerable to the Benoni syndrome, everybody has to take the Asari Me Shuva as demands for responsiveness. You have to. Everybody's vulnerable to the Benoni syndrome, or everybody at least can be vulnerable to the Benoni syndrome. So what are, what are we doing with these 10 days? It's amazing. What is the Benoni? And, and, and it's important to know that the Rambam here doesn't even bring his din of Dirshu Hashem Behimotzo, which is that in the 10 days, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is more present, is more easily available. And so he says, you know, um, Teshuva, and, and he says this in the second parak. He says, Teshuva, Vitzaka, Yafa, Leolam, Uvasara, Yamin, Shebena, Roshana, Leyoma, Kippurim, Hiyafa, Beyoter, Umiskabelesi, Miyad, Shenemar, Birshu, Hashem, Behimatso, Krohu, Biyoso, Krov. Brings that in the second parak. Again, the fact that there are times of Teshuva doesn't mean necessarily doesn't necessarily imply that your din as a benoni has been extended your din as a benoni you can be a, a tarigom or, or a rashigom or even though pragmatically you always have to treat yourself as vulnerable to the benoni syndrome there are people that are judged lechaim initially in rajan some that are judged lemisa and that happens so it doesn't remove the fact of the peric base of a sorry mate teshuva there's still an extra availability there everybody even the tarigom or chayv do Teshuva, even al shagogos, right? Still a chayv to do teshuva. Still an opportunity. How could you have a tzaddik or a rasha? Every rasha and every tzaddik are all benoni. Nope. Practically, you treat yourself as vulnerable to the benoni syndrome. Every instant, you're vulnerable to that. But if you grab the conglomerate of a person's year, you can still see. You can still have people that have net positive slopes, net negative slopes. So it's the net total. 
Well, it's the net. Yeah, for sure. It's the zichuyos kineged avonos. Okay. So how do we solve the Tosfos's problem? Wait, before we get to that, let me just finish this 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 thread of thought, which is for the Beinunim then, whose judgment is extended. Who on Rosh Hashanah we see they're av- averaging out, they're vulnerable to the Beinuni syndrome. Why give them an extra ten days? Judge them on the spot, and why don't you suffer the problem on Yom Kippurim of them being also Beinunim? And why does the Rambam not judge them as not give the option of this average category, but just default is Lamisa? Because what is the Kodesh Baruch saying? Saying, look, I know you guys. I created you, right? I know you have this tendency of regression towards the mean. I know you guys will average out. I know most of you, literally by definition, are going to average out. That's what average is. <laughs> literally, I know that for a fact, right? I mean, it's it's what your nature demands for you to average out. I understand that. Doesn't mean you're a Russia. I understand that. So what's your problem? What's the Bain Nisim? You can't be consistent. You get these very short-term moments of inspiration and vision and drive and direction and you can't keep it going because then the opposite force inhabits you and then just like there was that positive net now there's that negative net that's your problem okay so you can't be consistent for the full year what about for 10 days Hmm? can you be consistent for 10 days and we'll use that as a representative sample for your whole year your din for Chaim or Misa will grab those 10 days, use them as an analogy for your year on a smaller scale. Okay, so then, you know, I, I literally created this structure for you. So then you have to respond, right? And look at how nicely the Lechem Mishnah addresses this problem of the Benoni. So he says in Source Vav, that's our problem, right? And he quotes the Gemara, Verav Chesed, that says, Verav Chesed, Mate Kalfi Chesed. Should be tilted towards Chesed. Why is the default Misa? It's a very nice way to present that right but it's you know he presents it in the technical language which is yeah but you had an extra chiyuv of teshuvah and you didn't do it here so that tilts you for the negative right but if you broaden that conceptually it's an amazing idea right HaKadosh Baruch Hu is literally giving us this amazing opportunity fine I won't look at your full year for the Xardin of Chaim or Misa I won't look at it I understand your problem what about these 10 days Will you allow me to use them as a representative of your year? Show me that you're trying. Show me that you care. Show me that you have an interest. You don't have an interest? Let me some. Because you're literally slapping me in the face. I'm literally giving you this amazing opportunity on a gold platter. And you're slapping me in the face by, by n- neglecting it. So, of course, it's Lamisa. I mean, this is the Benoni solution. And you're telling me that you want nothing to do with it. And you want to continue your Benoni ways. Okay, Lamisa. Of course. How, how else could it be? So anyway, it's a very cute way of, of presenting that, that the Siyaz Teshuvah is the extra oven that tilts to Misa. So, back to the Tosfos. 
So, notice again, I'm going to make this duke, and I'm not sure of the full ramifications of what this duke has, but it seems to me that there's something here. Both the Gemara and the Rambam make it very clear that the Benoni does not become a Tzadik or Russia. He's still a Benoni that was Nechtam Lechaim or Nechtam Lemisa. So it's an interesting, like it's not that you now switched categories into the Tzadik or the Russia. You're a Benoni that was Nechtam Lechaim or a Benoni that was Nechtam Lemisa. Practically speaking, again, and we'll say what I think that the, this din, how to unify the aspects of Ulam Haba and the problems of the Tosfos here, but your din as the state of human being is still a Benoni that happened to tilt himself towards Chaim, so we will operate with you in Olam Hazeh, Lechaim, or the opposite, Lemisa. So, my understanding of the of unifying these approaches of Olam Hazeh, Olam Haba, why would you need to be judged Olam Haba? I literally had this chiddish when my company announced their earnings report, and they they um they had this like audio conference and I was listening and in the earnings report saying, you know, how they had done this past quarter, they gave new projections for next quarter. You need your Olam Habo state to define the projections for this year. So, and that's how you unify. I mean, the Maharsha basically brings this out. But he basically says that you can have people, for example, a tzaddik, who is nechtam lechaim le'olam haba, according to the Tosfos, who in this world has to die. Because hein bigdoshav lo yamin, like a Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I can't trust even my most faithful servants, right? So, like the Gemara in Chagiga says, I take them young. So that they don't even have time to become corrupted. Sometimes the Kodesh Baruch Hu, is nechtam l'misa in this world for the sake of chiyus in the next world. So you could have, and this the Maharsha brings out on, on this Gemara, you can have a person that's nechtam l'chaim l'olam haba, and his din in this world is he has to be taken early. And you can have the opposite, which is a person that is nechtam l'misa l'olam haba, who is paid back in this world and is given all the riches as a function of his olam haba din. Is, is that kind of clear? So the projections, which are the resources allocated to you, the potential that is given to you for this upcoming year, right? the range of options that are going to be made available to you, those are a function of what you are. In the same way that when you have earnings, which measures the state of your company today, you also have new projections that are based on those earnings. So you have that actual state, you know, you have that actual state that Allah say, what are you? What ultimately are you? And, in function of that, we can move forward with projections. So what can you be based on what you are now? Does that kind of make sense? So my projection let's say Lachan, and therefore I take that and I wanna utilize that how. Like I have a projection, right? My own hotline is X. Look, yeah. look, let's put it down to earth a little bit. Okay. We agree that sometimes Let's say all the riches and long life and all of the amazing Ulamhaze benefits for a person could be the worst possible thing that happened to them in context of Ulamhaba. Okay. So then 
let's say a person is sealed to have that. Baruch knows this is going to ruin them. I always think about like a cow because the Gemara kind of says like a cow kicking, you know? And you kick, you know? He got fat in. And he kicks. You know, you don't want a God by your side anymore. That's it. You're independent. Okay. So a person whose wealth, riches, is going to ruin them for Olam Haba. That might be the projections of this year for that human being. And so because he was done to be a Russia Gomor, we're going to give you some projections for this world. How do, how do we actualize? How do we move forward as a function of your Olam Haba din? It's your Olam Haze din. But it's a function of your Olam Haba din. It has to be. So your, your projection of Olam Haba will then... No, no, no. The proje- I'm using the word projection to say Olam Haze, how we're moving forward in this world. And I'm using the earnings to say, what are you? Earnings is the state of a company at that moment. What are you? What ultimately are you? Okay, so and in function of what the answer to that question, what are you ultimately in Olam Haba terms? Now we can generate, well, what are the projections for this world as a function of that question of what are you? Is that a little confusing? Is that a little confusing? Again, so so remember the example that I just gave. So the person is a Rosh Gamor. The person is done to be Rosh Gamor by Olam Haba. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, what do we project for this person in this world? All the riches in the world. But that's going to ruin that person. Exactly, because he's a Rosh Gamor. The projections for this world of a person getting becoming a multi-billionaire is the worst thing that's going to happen to him. But that's a function of the of him being a Rosh Gomor. Akadosh Baruch Hu is going to give that as his projection on Rosh Hashanah, as a function of him being a Rosh Gomor. Yeah, that's Misa Lilum Haba, right? Being a multi-billionaire in this world for that specific person, Akadosh Baruch Hu knows is Misa Lilum Haba, right? You agree? Okay. So, a function of actualizing the. the... Act, act, yeah, exactly. We're moving forward with that din. Which is, I'm going to make you a multi-billionaire. I'm going to make this you a multi-billionaire. Why? Because it's going to ruin him. Misa lechai ulam haba. We're looking at the thing as we're looking at the previous year, but as, we're, we're, well, as we're, we're putting a shining light on the next year. Yeah, we're looking at your state. What are you ultimately? That's ulam haba. Ulam haba is what we are ultimately. Sadiq, Russia, Benoni, those are the three clusters, right? And as a function of that, Kodesh Baruch is projecting for you for this for this life for this year. So that Zardin can be actually. Yeah, as a function of that Zardin. That's right. Does that kind of make sense? And it unifies a bunch of these approaches because it unifies why you would need a Din and Olam because then we can't make the projection. You need to be. We need to define what are you so that I can define what can you be. So time and Mavis is only talking about Olam According to the Tosfos. Again, I'm, I'm I'm explaining the Toast Forces approach and how to reconcile it with this aspect that we know, which is number one, the din is necessary because we have it every single year. Why would we have it? Number two, how do we incorporate the Olam Haze judgments there? That's what I'm coming to explain. So, okay, sorry guys. I know it's been very uh, late. Let me just finish real quick. Um, do we have like seven more minutes? Is that cool? Yeah? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, seven more minutes, guys. Promise. But first off, we wrapped up all those all those questions. I think 
right? So we answered um, the Tosfos questions. We answered the Benoni infinite regress. We answered the connection between these three pieces, right? The whole thing is talking about the Benoni syndrome. We're all vulnerable to it. How do we deal with it practically? And then on the level of Din. Okay, now I wanted just to end with the Mislis Yashorim as kind of like this was all conceptual, kind of just like a practical move forward with, I mean, again, grabbing what we said, trying to implement it into our life, it's important. I mean, these 10 days are a call for, a desperate call for our attention, um, for our actions, for our mindfulness, for, you know, being present with what's going on. It's an unbelievable opportunity. It's the CS Teshuvo, that's the extra one that tilts the balance. We have to respond to it. Dear Shashem Bimotso. So I'm just going to give some practical advice that the Mr. Sharm brings, who's very, very practical throughout the whole Mr. Sharm. If anybody hasn't read it, I would highly, highly recommend, especially during these days, to give it a quick loss. Well, probably not quick, but to read through. So he says, look, he uses his Lushan at the beginning of his Sefer in describing the heroes. He uses, I mean, this intensely strong Lushan of describing one of the main tactics of the Yetzirah and one of the main solutions. And he, and I think it's very applicable for what we've just described. Um, and in general, like, I, I don't recall him using this kind of strong language anywhere else in the book to this degree. So, like this. This thing is one of the strategies that the Yetzirah employs. He, you know, I obviously just cut glosses of Mrs. Hisham to bring out this idea, but basically he's talking about how we're always overloaded with the things that are happening around us. And so this over this in the it's a strategy that the Yitzhar employs for us to forget about the big picture. So that we shouldn't have any time, any space left to contemplate about the big picture. Or to see you know what ultimate path am I walking on? Of course, the Yitzhara knows that the moment that you would pay the slightest bit of attention to what you're doing, you would immediately run away from the stuff that you're doing. And everything that you're doing would immediately be abandoned. And we see this tactic of increasing the workload, increasing the details of day-to-day life to have you forget about the big picture, embodied in Paro himself. You know, when Moshe, the context of this is that when Moshe and Aaron come for the first time to Paro, and they say, you know, for the first time, the famous, let my people go, Paro says, you know, you know, first mocks his his God and basically ends up saying, I mean, what are you say? What did you say just now? I mean, it literally sounds like you guys have way too much time on your hands to start thinking about these great plans for Geula, these massive visions for Yitzhak Mitzrayim, for Chagba Midbar. What the heck are you guys talking about? So what is his response? Up the workload. So clearly he saw that what was missing was more workload. Contemplating big picture, er, how do I, be, how am I attacking that? Up the workload. Literally the Yitzhahara embodied. You know, constantly flooding them with this level of detail that doesn't allow them to think about the big picture. Very quickly, this is a concept that in computer science is called distributed denial of service, which is if you want to 
well, you can try it, but you're not going to be successful. But let's assume that you, like for Google, for example, let's say you wanted to take down Google's website or Facebook, you know, the previously, like, you know, that was their pride, like no, no downtime, you know, let's say that back in the day, you really wanted to show them. So what do you do? You grab a bunch of computers and you issue requests to their web servers. The web servers are the things responding to your request. Hey, can I see Facebook.com? Hey, can I see Facebook.com? Now you can write a program, a piece of software that will automate that to do that thousands of times a minute on your own computer and distribute that to multiple computers. And what this will do, the flooding of this request to the server will basically make it unable to distinguish between legitimate requests, which is from Jackie and me, who's, you know, distributing all my software across all these computers trying to take down Facebook. The Facebook server doesn't know who's real, who's not real, who's authentic, who's not authentic. And as a measure of this working, you'll see the Facebook server for Jackie take longer and longer and longer to respond till eventually the page is going to stop loading, you know, and then you have like probably a 500 error code and that's it, man. You, you, you made it. You made it big. Okay. And you have this. You know, this is a famous psychology problem, which is the cocktail party problem, which is you're flooded in a cocktail party. Imagine all of the stimuli that's going around you, music, chatter, bottles clanking together, you know, all this stimulus. And then at the same time, you're able to focus on another person. It's a crazy feature of our attentions that we're able to direct it and literally tune out everything else. But because our brains are highly capable of pattern recognition to recognize Jackie's voice, frequency, tone, etc., and tune out everything else, the, you know, Google servers now, you know, are increasingly more sophisticated and able to detect one of these attacks and not. But that's basically what the Yitzhara is doing. The Yitzhara is giving us a DDoS attack, which is what? Distributed denial of service. Every round, you... Request, 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 attention, 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 attention. What do we do? Ah, 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 ah. So, so what do we do, man? We, we work the whole day. We learn the whole day. And then we're like, after like months of learning the whole day, we're like, oh God. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what I'm learning for. Oh, okay, okay, okay. There's connection. Vekus. Oh, okay. After months of learning, you're doing that every single day. But you're, you know, you're, you're bombarded by this masekta. I'm going to do this Rambam. I'm going to finish uh, Mr. Bruo, Yomi, Chumish, Nach, everything. Boom, 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 boom. Resources, relationships, work things, gym, shower, eating. You race your whole life on that. Those things are important. But you forgot about the big picture. Why are you doing all of that? What is it all for? Come on, man. Don't let the DDoS attack work on you. That's what the Yitzhara does that is the number one tactic the number one solution that he presents a person is obligated to be medactic and to measure out all of his ways every single day like you know these great businessmen that have the accounting a perfect PL chart for all perfect balance sheets kept to the T calibrated every single day for exactly every last penny that they lost or that they gained. You don't understand how productive this is. Set a time to do this every single day. 15 minutes. That's all that it takes. You're telling me that you spend the 16 hours, 18 hours of your waking time bombarded 
DDoS by these details, responding to them, and you're not going to take the 15 minutes for the meta frame, for the frame that literally encapsulates all those details, that is what you're doing everything for? You remember that you're alive, dude? Remember, this is a short period of life. It's not, it's, it's finite. It ends. We have opportunities in front of us. They're not infinite. We have limited amount of time and we're doing, and all of these details are meant to serve something larger, are meant to be incorporated into this larger frame. That's all the amazing demand of Malchus of these days. What is Malchus? The acceptance of Kabbalah's old Malchus Shemaim. If not the fact that you're participating in this massive enterprise, way larger than you could ever imagine, that you're attaching yourself to that which transcends everything that dies, that imbues everything with this amazing life, with this amazing force of existence that is packed with love, unlimited, unbounded, infinite potential for Dveikus with the Shekhinah, with everything that matters. All of that is sitting there dormant, lying in potential, and we just are, we let ourselves be bombarded. It's crazy. What is Malchus if not accepting that Kabbalah's old? It's not accepting that we're attached to this larger frame and, and keeping this larger frame with us throughout these days and having all of those details serve as the pixels for this larger image for which we have a frame that we're directed towards. So Cheshwan and is really, really important. And, and he says that this is not just defining what your actions are doing, but have a mental map of what we want to do, where we want to go, where are we headed? What is it all for? Have a mental map every single day. Measure your actions that you did. According to that, 15 minutes, Cheshbon and Nefesh, Bikvils. Vihu Mashe Omru, Zichron and Levrochen, this is what Chazal say in the Gemara. Alkein Yomru Hamoshlim Bo Cheshbon. That the Gemara, the Pasuk says, Alkein Yomru Hamoshlim Bo Cheshbon. And so the rulers, the masters say, let's come to Cheshbon. Look at how the, the Gemara darshins this amazing Pasuk. Alkein Yomru, rulers of what? Alkein Yomru Hamoshlim Be Yitzram. The rulers, the people that have reigned supreme over the Yetzir. This is the advice that they give. You want to ask these amazing human beings, you know, Sadikim Gemurin, like the Gemara says, Sadikim Yetzir Atov Shoftan. These people that have dominated over their Yetzir, that have reigned supreme over them. This is what they say. Come and make an accounting of your life. Hef said mitzvah keneged sechara. Uschar avera keneged hef sedah. I mean, you think, okay, you need the Moshlim B'Yitzram to tell you the device of like, dude, pay attention to your life. You need that to say, but it's amazing because how he explores this idea, he basically says, he gives the, the an analogy of being in a maze and that when you're in the maze, all paths look equally viable. But when you're standing from the outside looking in, you can clearly say, no, 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 this road is going to lead you the wrong way. This road is going to lead you the right way. That is literally what, as so far as we're long, uh, as we're dominated by the Yitzhar Hara, it, it's the generator of our thoughts. It's the generator of our perception. That's why it's literally, you're, you're a blind man. You think that you're seeing, the sight is being processed and interpreted by your Sahara. You're not seeing what's true. So you think it's an obvious thing to say the accounting is the most important thing in your life. You could have, have never said that. Because you could tell me a million other things that look to be just as sound and reasonable as that. 
end. It's like the pathways of the maze that lead you astray, even though they all look just as good as that first one. Okay. Now I'll just, I'll end with this. Anybody who measures out his roads in this world, even if a person watches over himself, if not for the fact that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is there to help you, you would not be able to dominate your Itzahara. That even if a, if a person watches over himself, that if a person watches over himself, that if a person is willing to watch over themselves, then a Kodesh Baruch Hu is going to be right there waiting to help. But if you're not watching over yourself, for sure, Kodesh Baruch Hu won't be watching over you. Because if you don't care for yourself, who should care for you? And just an amazing way of presenting that idea. A Kodesh Baruch Hu cares only if you care. Kodesh Baruch Hu can't care for you. As a function of your caring, he can assist you, but it has to come from you. It has to be sourced in you. And if you don't care, how can a Kodesh Baruch Hu care for you? Anybody that doesn't have this larger awareness is us. It's usher to have mercy on them. If not me for myself, then who will be for me? You know. So just an unbelievable um, reminder of the call for attention in these days. If there's one thing that the Ramchal seems to recommend to us that you know, if we're trying to do the extra push. It's the Cheshwana Nefesh. Let's do, you know, 15 minutes, carve out just these Asari Meichuva as the sample of your larger year. Kodesh Baruch Hu asks, let me see what you've done. Let me see you tilt and respond towards that Asiyah's Teshuva that I want to see, that I'm generating just for the Beinuni, that I'm creating an entire establishment for the Beinuni. Let me see some care. And if you don't care, of course, I can't possibly care. So, with that, may we, zo- may we be zoche to these amazing Asari Meitshuvah. May we internalize them, you know, as a call for responsiveness, a call for more care than the usual, a little bit more consistency. And we zoche to a chasima olam haba and l'chai olam This has been a Platforms Podcast. Please share it with your friends. If you can think of one person to send it to, please take the time. It truly is the best way to help us out. If you have any comments or suggestions, please go and email platformspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.